Hey, everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 20th of December 2022 when you are hearing this. Robbie and I are recording this a day early. It's our Tuesday takes, but more a free-flowing conversation. Who's got the biggest questions to answer as we head into the offseason in the Big 12 when it comes to football? We'll get to that and kind of with that conversation, who feels the best? Who has kind of the least amount of questions to kind of uh, answer as we head into the off season that's coming up on the day show. You are locked on Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, uh, joined by Robbie Triano today at the Triano Kid on Twitter. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show on Twitter at LO Big 12. Please subscribe. We're still trying to get to 3K subscribers by the end of the month. I know it's a busy time, but you guys can really help us out. If you guys just tap the uh, subscribe button, tap the bell of notifications, give the video a like. That also is very helpful. And leave a comment as well. Let us know what you think. And also, you guys can find Robbie's podcast, the Midwest Madness podcast, wherever you guys get your podcasts as well. Uh, it would be very good to, to listen to that right now. It would really supplement what you're hearing here or excuse me, compliment what you're hearing here because, Robbie, it's been really difficult for us to dive into basketball um, with everything that's happening. You know, just the season's over, but I, I kept saying this, like, you know, Cincinnati and and BYU just played. Um, the next time those two programs play football games, it'll be member, as members of the Big 12 Conference, right? And also, so, like, that's happening right now. So that transition is happening. National Signing Day is this week. The transfer portal is obviously going crazy. I'm sure we saw the numbers, you know, like 20%, 20 plus percent of kids and all these major conferences are in it, right? The bowl games are coming up as well. Um, we have a we have a team in the CFP. Um, OU in Texas trying to negotiate a way out early, right? Because we know now that UCLA is going to go in 2024. This football cycle, like maybe an accident, but Robbie, they almost kind of walked into it like the NFL does, right? The NFL on purpose maintains like that 365 day calendar in some ways with their schedule reveal and whatnot. But the but college football is like really just <laughs> all over it right now. Um, you know, keeping the kind of the machine going as 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 uh, so to speak. Yeah, it's strange too because it's not like there's someone dictating it. There's not like a commissioner right. of college football who is making this happen. It's kind of all happening naturally. And that's why I think we all love college football because one rule is put into place and then everyone just does what they do in order to either, you know, manipulate it a little bit and it just kind of takes its life of its own. That's why college football is the the best. It's the hardest sport, I would say, to explain to, I don't know, like a girlfriend or a family member, right. like what the portal is or what exactly the playoffs mean or anything, anything like that. It's the world's hardest sport to explain because there's so many things outside of it, but that's why if you are in college football and you know it, it's, it's beautiful. And yes, the season will not end. And I'm pretty sure every head coach probably hates it because they don't know when to take a vacation ever. Yeah. Now, you, I mean, if you're on vacation, you better be in that beach chair texting, you know, assistant coaches to check on players, check on recruits, right. Ch- texting boosters. And obviously, you, you know, Robbie, dollars, though. I, I don't have that much sympathy, but oh my yes. God. The, the, yeah. Like it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing, right? There's, there's, there's two sides of this. There is the, they are paid millions of dollars. So my sympathy is low, but also like there is a much better way to maintain the calendar and also maintain order with this stuff. Right. Like kind of the salary cap type deal with, you know, NIL and like, 
how we police collectives and how they are nonprofits or not nonprofits, things like that. Like the policing, obviously we need to find a new way to you know, do the whole governing body thing. So this stuff can all kind of play out in a, in a natural way. Cause right now it's like over natural in a way. So I, I have, I think the sympathy more falls for like the people who are delegated to, right. I mean, the grad assistants now look, there's more jobs now, right. You no, know, there's more GAs who get hired, more guys grind film, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, which is good, but like those people are kind of normally a lot of the stuff falls on them. We're going to focus really in this show about the teams like the, with the biggest questions. And I've been doing my season reviews with uh, with different guests coming on here talking about, we, we did Iowa state and West Virginia. And, you know, if you want to listen to West Virginia show, you can go do that. You and I have talked at length about that. I think it's a team with the most questions because they're the team that had to fire their coach the most and decided not to, because they brought in the new athletic director so almost by default, it feels like they have the most questions. Do you feel like that's pretty fair? Without a doubt. Like if we were to rank one through 10 and now one through 14, oh, that's strange to say. Like right. what what teams have the most question marks? It's by far West Virginia. I mean, they even lost Graham Harrell. I don't even think Neil Brown thought that was going to happen. And like good for Graham because there's no job security whatsoever. Like your job is tied to the head coach. And right now, Neil Brown is really just like a buffer until Ren Baker, their new AD, finds someone else or he proves that he can do it. And with the roster he currently has, I don't think he's going to do it. They are losing basically their entire wide receiver room. They just lost JT Daniels. They're losing players of a defense that didn't even show up really this year. They're losing the Steels guy. Like they, This team right now, I think, is going to be the worst team in the Big 12 and in the transfer portal, they aren't really doing much. Like, they got a couple of players from Kent State. Like, I understand you're going to take some of those, but you're not getting Power 5 talent in. West Virginia right now seems like a dumpster fire. Like, yeah. I don't I, – I have no faith in that team whatsoever. And if you're a West Virginia fan, you have to feel the same way. There's no way that after this year you feel confident moving forward. Sure, you may like your quarterback. Garrett Green is nice. You might see Mar- Markial, like, in the future. So that's a positive, but like you lose everybody, like all of your best players. Right. It's not good. Off a team that wasn't very productive. And yeah. And like running back room, great. Feel good about that. Uh, future quarterback, Markiel, I know they put a lot into him. Cool. Feel good about that. You're right. Nothing else. Um, we, we, you know, we talked about Iowa State some. You know, I think that they're interesting. Let's, let's kind of go away from them, though. Who do you think in, let's just go with teams first that are in the conference? Um, I'm going to go my first team is going to be Oklahoma yep. because they're they're actually what they have to address stretches outside of the actual conference that they're currently in. Right. And some of that you all say about Texas, but like I think Texas from a talent collection standpoint is in a fantastic position, um, especially the positions that matter. And I think and for Oklahoma, you could say some of that is true, right? But they have an unproven head coach right now. And um, the side of the ball that he is supposed to be best coaching was really, really, really bad this year. Bad. So, um, like, horrible. And, and look, that could be a cleaning house thing. It's not different than what Texas had to do. Remember, remember Texas had to clean house, Bo Davis and the bus? And I think for the most part, it actually worked. Um. I'd say OU's got a whole lot of questions because running back's a question, wide receiver is a question, 
Offensive line's a question. Quarterback, then luck's not a question, but it's not like Dylan Gabriel lit the world on fire this year. And obviously, it feels like there should be a competition for pretty much, I mean, what, seven, eight spots in the defense next year? Like, you know, I know that probably won't end up like that, but it feels like it should be. Yeah, no, 100% agree. What what I know for a fact they'll be good at, Dylan Gabriel, if healthy, is a great quarterback. He will be a top three quarterback in the Big 12 next season. That is That is good. But the thing that gives me the biggest question about them is like everything else. Like who is going to replace Eric Gray, who sneakily had one of the best seasons Amazing. in the Big 12? He was excellent at running back. My guess is I think Marvin Mims will go to the NFL draft. And if you lose him, Jalil Farouk, Drake Stoops, like who who are your weapons on this team? And then for a, an offensive line that didn't really shock or do anything, you're losing Anton Harrison to the NFL draft. And once again, this team defensively has been meh. They've gotten some good players in the portal. I will say that mm -hmm. they've lost a lot of players in the portal, but they weren't any product. Like there's not a lot of production besides yeah, besides Theo Weiss, and they didn't know like he had an awesome year. So the the question mark for me is like who is waiting in the weeds, and also like. What else can they do in the portal? They have to address, like, so they need some type of playmaker on this team. And that's where, like, you were heading into the SEC. My guess is this is their last year in the Big 12, the 23 season. Yes, they have good recruiting classes. But, like, what are you doing right now in the Big 12? When we are going to rank them for next year, I have no idea where to put them. Because all I know is good quarterback. There's some pieces on the defense I like. Everything else to me, I have no idea what to expect. And I'm sure a lot of that can be said for a lot of teams for a school like Oklahoma, who is supposed to be the top every single year. This is the time I have had the most questions about this team ever since covering this league. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, and I know people lament us talking about them, but look, they were six and six and they were picked to finish second, I think in the league. Right. And um, you know, I, a lot of people thought they would win the league and they had a lot a ton of talent. Um, now, it's interesting. So we're doing this before bowl games. I actually think is good. They're like one of the teams that could definitely, like a bowl win for them would really, really generate a lot of momentum, especially over a team in FSU. It's like, we're trying to achieve a 10-win season. If they could somehow pull that off, I don't think they will. They could pull that off, like, or as artificial as bowl wins are, it could help them. Um, that's what, we, go ahead. No, no, I, I agree. And if like, you can prove you can win against a program who I'm thinking, I think, uh, Florida State right now, that team is much better than Oklahoma. If you can prove you can win with the guys you have, that is buy-in for the offseason. That's when you buy into the Jerry Schmidt workouts. That's when you're like, you know what, this thing is going to work. That's why I believe bowl momentum is real. As much as people want to say these games are pointless, meaningless, sure. If it's not a New Year's Six or a college football playoff, you can say that. But, like, your team is playing a game that is supposed to be put on a pedestal. That means something. That means buy-in. You get 15 more practices to prove yourself and to improve. If if that doesn't give buy-in to the offseason, like, bowl momentum matters. If Oklahoma wins, I think that is huge and restores faith in the fan base in Brent Venables because there are some who want him gone. There's a lot of people who are patient, so I'm not putting all Oklahoma fans in that. But, like, yeah, a, o Oklahoma would love a bowl win against Florida State. Huge. Hey, everyone. Quick word from the sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by the folks at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can be like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you're getting the most qualified candidates available, and that's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Once again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And I, I actually don't like Texas has some questions, but they're kind of different. They're different kinds of questions than the ones we're asking, right? Because they finished third in the league. Um, do you do you want to hit your Baylor Bears next? Is that what you is that a is that a that team? Is, that's I think? a team I want to hit, but it's more like a Baylor to me is like a wait and see because they're not a program right. that has a lot of kids enter the portal right now. I believe they have five five kids enter the portal, and that's currently second in the Big Twelve to TCU, who only has one person in the portal. So I'm not like. I'm not worried about them. It's more for me. The biggest worry is the quarterback position because I thought Kyron drones yes. could have been an absolute stud. And now yes. he's probably going to be the starting quarterback at Virginia tech, which is a power five school. So it's clear that he is very talented and Baylor kind of let him walk. And I feel like they mismanaged that whole situation. And next year it could just find out by Kyron drones playing at Virginia tech that he should have been quarterback one. And then after Blake Shape and a quarterback that we think is kind of mid in this conference, like he can improve, but right now he's done nothing to show he can be a dude, win you some games, destroy with his arms, scramble with his legs. He hasn't proved any of that. And my biggest thing for them is like the rest of the team needs to take another step up. Like I believe in their skill player guys. I believe in them. They're losing some players on the offensive line, but the biggest question mark to me is quarterback. Can we see improvement from Blake Shapin? And like, what is that depth behind him? Because if Blake Shapin isn't the guy and they're stuck with whoever, I, good luck. Like that, that Baylor quarterback situation was so mishandled. Like Gary Bohannon, we understood, like they wanted him to move on and go to the future. But like, I think they picked the wrong guy because Blake Shapin did not prove that this year. And, and look, I'll, I'll stand by what I said at the start of the year. I actually think they made the right call. I, I think to progress, because here's the thing is, you look at what that team did in 2021. They were not able to, like, that, that was not going to be sustainable every single year. Maybe maybe they have a great defense too, but, like, if you want to be an awesome team, that offense had to be propelled and pushed forward a bit. And I, 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 like, the, I like the idea of it, but, like, remember how much they lost off the offense, right? I mean, you know, with Abram Smith and Tyquan Thornton and Treston Ebner, like, these are all guys, you know, the, Thornton and Epner, especially those guys are everyday play, you know, every, every down players, like they, they're getting serious touches every week in the NFL. You know, those guys are, you know, they, they play a lot. And I think we didn't really um, talk enough about how, like how much turnover there was going to be in a lot of this. I think Hal Presley and Armani Winfield's a freshman and Monterey Baldwin's a sophomore. You know, I know Ben Sims, you know, he's a senior and I, I think he's out of the eligibility, um, and then obviously, you know, the, the running back room is a bit older, but like all these guys have the option to return. Right. And I'm not sure what the portal status is, but like, I think also too, when you think about Baylor and Dave Aranda, like you really know what you're getting. So like when you go into commit to play for somebody who's like, and like, I know people say all the time, but like Dave Aranda is a different kind of dude. Right. And so like, you're, you're really committing to him and the way he does things. And so I do think there's a certain amount of trust in what he is doing and his evaluation and him being honest with you. So I think, Robbie, that when it comes to this team, I wouldn't be surprised if they take steps forward and take a leap forward back to being a really good team. 
it just took them a full season or an off season, a full season and another off season to get there. If that makes sense, because keeping a core together, that's pretty rare. And they've got a chance to do it in, in modern college football, which is, I think encouraging. And look, I know Shapen was bad, but I do think he can improve because there are elements of his game that are very, very impressive. One thing they do keep Jeff Grimes for what we know right now. Yes, correct. Huge, huge keep for them because he was in a lot of head coaching like buzz. So for him to keep them awesome. The number, the, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but the second thing to look forward for Baylor, these are no longer Matt Rule's guys. This is now people right, who have right. been brought in by Dave Aranda, recruited, developed. If that goes south, a lot of fans are going to be like, wait, what the hell? Because if you take your guys and they aren't as successful as the, the class that Rule got in and was very like the most NFL draft picks I've ever had, a lot of people are going to turn. I don't think that's going to happen. They're getting good recruiting classes right now. I believe they're fourth in the Big 12 before National Signing yep, Day. They're top yep. 25 right now, too. So pretty good, like like very good. And also you do it without Joey McGuire, who was by far their best recruiter on their staff when he was there. So huge for Dave Aranda, but we need to see another step. I just yeah, another, another step. And you make a decent you make a decent point with the with the recruiting part. You know they're getting the classes and like they're getting the classes. And the thing about Baylor is, you know you like and then TC is kind of the same thing too. Like we've seen other coaches win there, so we know what is possible, right? We have now seen GP and Sonny Dykes both win at TCU. We saw Art Bryles, we saw Matt Rule, we have seen Dave Aranda. So like there is an understanding that schools like Baylor and TCU, because you are in Texas, because you might not have the alumni base but you do have the financial resources that you can succeed and you can win, especially now we're talking about NIL, but like also like the facilities, man. I mean, especially at, at Baylor, you know, people talk about like you want, that's a place that you want to go and play. It's kind of almost a mini NFL stadium on the river. So like the, you know, there are less excuses. I still believe Dave Aranda is the right guy for the job. I still think that this, this group's going to have a chance to come together, but in a league that was this strong, like, yeah, it was going to snatch you back a little bit, right? It was going to grab a few more. When the league was this good up and down, right? And Oklahoma State finished at seven and five, but like we're basically a top 10 team in the first month of the season, right? They're going to snatch you. They're going to grab a win or two from me, you know? And um, they had a chance to show a little bit more in that last game of the year or the second to last game against TCU, right? But like, I think in that game against uh, Texas Tech, we kind of saw the best, the best version of, you know, they can force tournaments, can do that. You're going to need to find some more playmakers on defense, which I think they can do. But um, that's a team I've got my eye on. That's a team that next year I actually think I would not be surprised at all if they're back in the Big 12 championship game. To to totally agree. I hate that they have to play Air Force, though, in their bowl game. That is, yeah, like, that such sucks. a brutal matchup. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, I, we don't want to. bowl game is one of those. Well, I just I do not. Like, whatever happens in the Baylor game against Air Force, I do not care. That that result to me doesn't I I that is probably the one I throw well, I think, out. The I most. think they're going to win, but the fact they have to play a triple option, it's like if I'm like Siaki Ika, it's like uh, do I opt out, get right. blocked every single time, or should <laughs> right. I like continue to play this game for what? It's like, and that's, that's like just, one of the more explosive triple offense uh, off, uh triple option offenses that we've seen like recently for Service Academy, like since like the the Keenan Reynolds Navy team. So yeah, I I, I don't envy them at all. Um. You want to do some teams that are trending up? Some of the questions they have. Yeah. Um, let's do. I want to hit Texas Tech with you really fast. So, you know, because we're so much thought about Texas Tech right now with the passing of Mike Leach, and obviously it's sad and whatnot. But like, just appreciating what he did there, right? And the goal for T for Texas Tech right now is to get back to where Mike Leach had them, right? 
because that is a that is a a space where you can then make the jump to the next level, right? You could once you go seven and five, eight and four, you can make then the jump to 10 and two, 11 and one. And we've seen Robbie, all of these teams make a jump, right? Iowa State and then Kansas State and then Oklahoma State and then Baylor, right? All of them and you know, all of them have been going up and down. I'm not sure I mentioned TCU. The one team that's not gone, you know, gone up and and, and gotten in there in recent memory, in recent history, is Texas Tech. And I'm not saying the momentum right now there is bad, but I think the big question is, all right, how how legit is this, right? How how legitimate is is this operation going to be at Texas Tech? Yeah, it, they're a really interesting team for me because I don't think necessarily across the board, like heading next year, they lose Tyree Wilson. Huge. I, I don't know like what exactly the strength of this team is going to be. If they were to have a strength, I think they have one of the best quarterback rooms in the entire conference. You have Tyler Shuck, who my guess is he will be coming back. I don't think he did enough this year to prove more of his NFL stock. And also he has another year and he's been plagued by injuries. If he could just have one season where he played about 80% of the games, that would be huge for him. And he's a good quarterback. Like I think when it comes to that Zach Kitley like system, like that's the quarterback they want. The quarterback I would like to see more is Baron Morton. I think he is. Some things he can do with his arm, what we saw this year, he is incredible. He is the future of that program. I would like to see him play some more. But, like, for the rest of this team, like, I don't know exactly what they're losing. For me, it just feels like they're just going to take small incremental steps forward. And, like, they're having a great recruiting class. Like, Joey McGuire is getting Texas kids, and he's going to be getting in transfers from the state of Texas that did not like their situations elsewhere. But I don't necessarily know what the strength of this team is going to be moving forward. I don't know if I'm confident that much about their defense. I don't know if I necessarily love their skill players. Like, I feel like they are just, for me, in the Big 12, the definition of average. And at the highest position, they are above average at quarterback. That, that's where I feel about Texas Tech. I'm not overly high, not overly low. Hey, everyone. Quick word, one more of our sponsors. This one is an important one. It's from the NHTSA. Do you guys know that driving high is also considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell. So make sure you guys have a ride this holiday season. Even if you think you're fine to drive high, you're not. Because the bottom line is... If you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving the, under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. This is from the NHTSA. Right. The big key for them is can they keep getting in guys at quarterback and the skill position players? Like I think the one benefit they had this year is they had a stable of guys at, bat, at the running backs who were like old and very good, and um, they they fit their way into that offense. Xavier White went from running back to wide receiver and good Lord, was he awesome. I, I I think he really upped his NFL draft stock because he's almost kind of an, maybe you know, not a fair example, like Curtis Samuel and I'm a commander's fan, but Curtis Samuel did that kind of stuff, right? Antonio Gibson did that kind of stuff. Debo Samuel did that kind of stuff. Not that kind of a player, but kind of explosive, but he's got those, those different tricks in the bag for them. And also you mentioned Baron Morton, right? Okay. What is Baron Morton's appetite to sit one more year, right? He, I guess he red shirts technically back in 2021, um, 2022, he barely plays. And then the, so the, the thing for him is like, 
is this a spring football transfer guy, right? If Tyler Shuck comes back, does he understand that? Look, man, like it's one more year of him. Then you're getting the keys to the car. Does he understand? Hey, you'll probably play some because of Shuck's injury history. I mean, that's difficult because that's a talented kid. And I bet you, I, I can tell you, there's a lot of teams that would like a guy like that under center for them. And, and across the path, I mean, group five, obviously love those guys, but like, He's one of the highest recruits they had. He's the best recruit they had since Michael Crabtree, uh, I believe. And so, you know, you have that kind of player. I mean, you know, you want to get him out there. And I mean, look, this is this is going to be his third season, right? He's going to have two more years of eligibility after this upcoming, you know, after next year. He's got three more right now. But still, I mean, that's this is kind of about time where you get him out there. So that, that that's the difficulty with this situation. And look, Zach Kitley is going to have to manage that. And Joey McGuire is going to have to manage that. And um, they also, like, I think it's challenging. I think it's possible though. I think it's possible from the way they're recruiting, the way they can get transfers in, like you mentioned guys who want to be in Texas, but you know, when other places, whatever. And also with the way they recruit because of Joey's awesome connection with Texas high school football coaches, it is possible to build that. But I do think as it, as it, the roster is currently constructed, making that jump to eight and four, nine and three, a lot of people are going to be picking it next year. I'm not going to necessarily say I, I disagree with it right now, but I think it's a bit more challenging than we believe. Yeah, and they had a chance to, like, figure out the quarterback situation this year, and, like, it didn't work out necessarily. They lost one of them, Donovan Smith. I think that was going to happen regardless. You just can't have three good QBs in the same room. Like, people are just going to leave yeah. to the portal. They cannot screw this up. If they prioritize Shuck more than Morton, that is a really poor decision in my, right, in my mind. Future, you yeah. lose this type of talent because you are so focused on the win now, like, I don't think Bear Morton's going to transfer. Like, even if Tyler Shuck is a starter, I mean, like, he's going to play because Tyler Shuck, it's a guarantee he's going to be hurt during his time in Texas Tech. Like, that's just what's going to happen, which is bad to think about. But also, like, he has a chance after that, if Shuck does play the whole year, to have the keys for about two years. I do not believe they have a quarterback in their class right now, and I don't necessarily trust anyone else behind him. So they need to keep Baron Morton right now um, badly. But that's a team I'm just like, I just need to see some growth because there is there isn't a part of the ball outside of quarterback I'm necessarily high on. If they keep Do Taj Brooks, great. He can be one of the best running backs in the league based on like who is leaving. But I also don't trust that offense to be very run heavy moving forward. And I don't necessarily trust a lot of their wide receivers to be among the best in the league as well. So right. they need to improve that position, I think, the most. Uh, we did a show in Oklahoma State last week, and there's a lot of TBD stuff to be there, but they're hitting the portal hard. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of leave them out of it. Um, the top teams, because, you know, we have to talk about TCU and Kansas State in a much different way than we talk about, uh, obviously, Texas, because their future is different, right? You but, also just hit on the three teams I think should be the best three heading into the offseason. Right. TCU, Kansas State, and Texas. The, the thing for them is, because we have to be careful about this, right? We feel awesome about them right now. We feel great about them right now. What happened to Oklahoma State? And, and, uh, and Baylor, right? The vibes were great. Everybody was feeling good. Things look good. Early rankings. And look, I'm not saying they have to avoid like reading your own press clippings. That's not, that's not necessarily the issue. The issue is how do you follow up the act, right? It's hard at these schools. There's a reason why in the last three years, Robbie, six different teams have played for the Big 12 championship it is because it, it is a cyclical league. It's, you know, it's much, it's not like right right now, at least it's not like the ACC where it's, you know, it's Clemson and it used to be right. Clemson versus somebody at the end of the day, but now it is, it is turning itself over much more. So 
the question for these teams, I think it's much different because they're, they could not be more different programs, right? Like TCU and Kansas, they are much different programs for that reason. I actually kind of like where K state is more just because like it, it's going to be easier to keep that machine going. You're not trying to farm Quentin Johnston's and find guys like that. Uh, you know, you're great. If you get one, if you snatch yourself a high four star, great. That's not your reality. Your reality is much more like we want Will Howard's who suck for two, you know, our big guys who can suck for two years. And our colleague, Gabe Biker says he's played tight end all of a sudden, you know, third year, he doesn't suck anymore. And it actually looks really good. Oh my God. He's really good following that. We want Deuce Vaughn's who are small, so on and so forth. I think the formula for them is, is hard. The one thing is though, some years you're going to go six and six, like some years, those guys you get just don't develop the way you think they are. And that's okay. Maybe not with Kansas State fans now that they've tasted a bit of winning because we know how kind of up they are right now. But that's kind of the way it's going to work, in my opinion, at K-State. Yeah, I'm I'm high in K-State coming into next year. I honestly think Will Howard can be the best quarterback in the league next year, which is crazy totally to think agree. because I think there's other talented quarterbacks. But he he has so much experience more than any – a lot of – he will be the veteran of the league, which would be strange. But also what he proved in the last half of – the season like I'm not falling for Blake Shapin just in that one big 12 title game like he has now a resume Will Howard has a resume of like solid work I I believe in that they may lose some of their top players I don't know what Deuce Vaughn's gonna do I don't know what Malik Knowles is going to do but like they're going to have DJ Giddens behind him who proved himself yeah he's good they're getting in a wide receiver from Iowa Keegan Johnson they're going to have weapons. And like, for me, I trust Chris, Chris Kleiman a lot in the portal, a lot. I think he is so good at identifying talent and what fits their culture, puts them in. I trust them defensively. You may lose Felix. You may lose some players, but I just trust this team. I think they're very good developmentally. I'm not falling for, you know, they may be losing this many people to the NFL draft, but still buying them. I think they're going to lose some key players, but I think a lot of people will return. Like, if I'm Cooper Beebe, I'm coming back for another year. Like, I don't want to go to the NFL draft just to be a fifth, sixth-round pick. Like, I can go right. get some more NIL money and then maybe work into the second or third round. I don't see him being a day-one, day-two type of player. So that's where, like, if they can – they have the core pieces around him. You have Will Howard. You're going to have a good defense. You're going to have a good O-line. You may have, like, better wide receiver pieces. I'm high on them. But the team I'm the highest about going into the offseason and everyone who – you know, if you hate this team, plug your ears. It has to be Texas. Mm. Like, I think Texas is going to be the best team in the Big 12. They should be number one in terms of if we were to rank this, this, the Big 12 going into the offseason, they're number one. Best skill players. We're going to find out running back, but they've recruited so many of them. That offensive line is going to be the best in the league. Like, seeing Kelvin Banks, like, no one wants to go through that guy. I, and they have good quarterbacks. I don't care what you say about Quinn Ewers. They're going to be so good. The talent, and it's only developing even more. Kansas or Texas is going to be Kansas. T Texas is going to be an absolute problem next year. Yeah. I mean, they have more top. They oh, let's see. Hold on. I'm right now. One, two, three, four, five, six. They, uh, th they've got more. And TC's recruiting class is number 17. They have more top 100 kids then TCU has top 300 kids. And once again, <laughs> TCU's class is awesome. It's an awesome, awesome. They got 10 four stars in their class. 
Stark's just doing a little bit. He's just, he's done a great job of getting kids who are also getting kids. And look, there's going to be turnover in the programs like that. Cause there's not enough playing spots. It's fine though. But like they, the, the offensive line, man, they looks like, looks like they've hit on a couple guys who are going to be like awesome offensive linemen. And they've built out those positions that needed to be helped. What Arch Manning is, I don't know. I mean, it's ironic. The one thing they have to figure out, Robbie, is running back now and quarterback. Like those are the positions they have to figure out and some stuff on defense too. Like they've got it in them. We know they have it in them. Um, it's just a matter of like with all the pressure it's going to be on them next year. We can go, then I, I want to make one more note about TCU. Um, they're in good shape with recruiting and whatnot. The the key for Sonny now is going to be to keep those coordinators, right? I, I Colin Klein's going to be tough to keep too, but I, I think Chris Kleiman, like you know, Colin Klein is going to be there for life. There's yeah, no way yeah. Him I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to job. I think he might get a job here pretty soon. I, I I think he might be out of it. But like when you get guys like Garrett Riley coming in like that, like you're able to you know get guys like good pedigree like that coming in. Joe Gillespie, like. I think people might like the job Joe Gillespie's done with that defense more than people like the job of Garrett. I mean, I know Garrett Riley won the Broyles Award, but like people are like, oh my God, Joe Gillespie. Like he knew exactly what to do with this defense. He he knew what he was doing. Um, also, I think that's the key for them. I think too. a sign for TCU, like out of those three, I think TCU should be number three right now. Like they could be the team that has the Baylor Oklahoma State fall off because I think Max Duggan going to the NFL yeah, draft. Is a sign that, hey, the team I may be coming back to is not going to be as good. And also, I don't want to transfer because, like, I am just the, I'm the king of TCU. Like, right. he is not going to be a one through maybe. He may go in the sixth or seventh round, maybe fifth. Maybe fifth round the NFL draft. Him going to the NFL draft is a sign, like, this team next year is not going to be as good. And that's okay. They lose so yeah. many players yeah. in the NFL draft. And their best, uh, uh, like, once in a TCU lifetime wide receiver like Quentin Johnson. I, know I, think, I think they can I get think, guys like that. I think they can keep getting talent like that. It's it's really possible for because of where they're located. And, I just and see them next year being like an eight and four type of team. Yeah, but I think here's the thing is like GP proved it's possible to win a consistent clip there. And I right. think I think Sonny's got to tap into that. It's just going to look a little bit different, right? It's going to look a little bit different to how they do it. Um, and so I think, yeah, they're more likely to fall off than K-State is. Mostly because of the guy who's playing quarterback for K-State next year. Um, all right, Robbie, we got to roll because we have a show to do here in a second. Where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Happy Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody. Midwest Madness podcast will be your present. All things Big 12 basketball will be coming out today on Tuesday. You can follow that MW underscore Madness 12 on Twitter and follow me on Twitter at the Triano Kid. All right. Uh, Robbie Triano of Sirius XM and Midwest Madness podcast. We appreciate you so much. Thank you.